This is WTKM-FM Hartford, saluting Keck Furniture in Watertown, our local business of the day. It's 10 o'clock at WTKM-FM Hartford. Now, WTKM welcomes Aaron Kowal from Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialist. Aaron's visit today is a paid presentation of Kowal Investment Group. The information and opinions expressed are solely those of the advertiser and not of WTKM, its management, or employees. Now, with today's retirement talk, WTKM's Dave Stout. All right. Thank you very much, and good morning, sunshine. It's a cold sunshine out there this morning, 9 degrees. But I guess the question is, this morning, would you rather have 9 degrees in sunshine or 30 in clouds? So that's your that's your choice, because uh, nice weather on the way coming up a little bit later on in the week. We'll talk to the folks from Kowal. Aaron Spitzner's here, and also uh, John uh, White is here. We'll talk with those guys uh, coming up here in just a couple minutes. A uh, lot of things to discuss here. We'll learn a little bit about Kowal Investment Group uh, and their website. We'll uh, talk about that a little bit. We'll talk about uh, investing money. If you have money to invest, we'll talk about that a little bit, too. And so many things on the program this morning uh, to go over. So we'll do that coming up in just a couple of minutes. And also, as I mentioned, learn a little bit about the uh, Kowal Investment Group. Fat Tuesday today. Everyone's eating the punchkas, huh? Yeah. Got those, uh, got those uh, prune-filled punchkis and the apricot. What else? They're putting cream in them now? Oh, boy. Yeah, the uh, Fat Tuesday today leading up to uh, Ash Wednesday coming up tomorrow. The uh, I guess the uh, the thought of that is that um, they wanted to use up all the lard and all the uh, all the materials before Lent came because they gave up all that for Lent. So they <laughs> they finished up all the punchkis the day before and then they uh, they went without for uh, for forty days for the forty days of Lent, which is uh, starting tomorrow. By the way, tomorrow we will start our. Uh, We'll start our uh, Lenten devotions here on WTKM. That'll be at 7.55 or 7.50 every morning right before the uh, 8 o'clock news here on WTKM. What else going on? Coming up this weekend, we're going to spring ahead. The clocks will be turning ahead uh, coming up this Saturday. That means the sunset's going to be at 6.45. Wow. The days really get fast, super quick, don't they? Sunset now around 5.45, something like that. So coming up this Saturday night, we'll... Spring ahead, as they say, days are longer, more sun to warm things up a little bit. Seasonal temperature this time of year is around 37 degrees. That's the average for this time of year. But we just haven't, we haven't seen that lately, have we? Wow. You see those uh, negative temperatures on the clock or on the uh, thermometer, clock thermometer combination of this morning. Man, I'll tell you, it uh, gets your attention when you get out there this morning. But uh, the end of the sub-zero temps for a while are on the way. The 30s in the forecast coming up this weekend. So average high should be around 37 for this time of year. So that's all far out of kilter we are here. Almost 30 degrees uh, out of whack here. So everything is iced over, too. Your sidewalks or your your house, are they kind of iced over, too? Yeah, mine are, too. Around the, and I just, no matter how much salt I put on them and try and walk on them, they just... Uh, if you didn't get out there right after that snowstorm came and got that uh, ice and or so, uh, snow off the uh, sidewalks, boy, that's sticking around for a long time. But a warm up is coming here, so that's uh, that's good news. And also, I was going to mention here this morning, some of the final numbers are coming in from the holiday shopping around the area. Some of the local communities here, I know in downtown Hartford, talked to uh, quite a few of the merchants uh, through downtown here. Looks like the numbers kind of held their own for the year with uh, 2018. 
versus 2017. Lots of uh, foot traffic and activity, so people are still uh, shopping locally, which is good. And we always talk about uh, shopping locally and keeping the word out there that uh, shop locally as much as you can and support the local businesses here. And I know the temptation is to get out there during the holiday season and do all your shopping online. But, you know, when you when you support the local businesses here, you uh, support the local community, which is uh, which is great. It allows those downtowns and uh, folks that uh, are working hard every day owning businesses to um, remain viable. So it's good news. Yeah, they held their own around the uh, around the holiday season this year. It takes a little while for the numbers to uh, to come in and to be all crunched, but uh, it looks like good news. All right, let's talk to the guys in the studio here this morning. Pleased to welcome into the program Aaron Spitzner is joining us uh, on mic number two, and also uh, John White is joining us. Guys, good morning. Good to see you. Morning. Good morning. Fantastic. Great to uh, see you here this morning. The uh, Coal Investment Group uh, website. So let's talk about the website and let's talk about how uh, Coal Investment Group operates and uh, maybe talk about the uh, phone number and contact information. Can we? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, well, you can find us, as you've hear, uh, heard on the air many of times here at the Coalway.com. Uh, you can visit that website, take a look at uh, basically everything from. Uh, uh, recent articles about the market, about the economy, about financial planning, tips and topics. Uh, you can uh, schedule a free retirement review um, in which uh, basically punch in some information about yourself, best way to contact you, and Heather in our office would be more than happy to get in touch with you and get you on the calendar with one of the advisors in the office. Um, yeah, we're on the uh, good old internet, too. Oh, we're, yeah, that, that's right. I always forget about our, so, our, so, our social media. Yeah, Let's talk about that a little bit, too. I mean, that's an important place, too, to find some information, too. Tell, where, where are you at there? Yeah, so you can find us on LinkedIn. Just uh, search for Coalwall Investment Group. You'll you'll find us on LinkedIn. And then Twitter, of course. There are some people that they like like the tweets that we do. And our handle is at Coalwall underscore invest. It's K-O-W-A-L. People uh, listening into the program here for the first time this morning, learning a little bit more about uh, Coal Investment Group and uh, how it operates. Boy, a lot of locations and growing like crazy, huh? I remember you had uh, just a couple locations here, and now what do you have, five? Um, right now we Waukesha. have a, so Waukesha, which we always uh, mention as our global world headquarters. That's Bussy Road, right? Just yep. north of uh, 94. Yeah, right? I always uh, take that. It's the exit by the Machine Shed restaurant. Everybody right. seems to know a Machine Shed. So you know, get off on that exit, and we're, yeah. we're just like a half, a half a mile north of there off Bussy Road. Uh, we have our location up at Port Washington right on the lake. Um, and then we have Middleton. And now our new office um, located uh, in Mount Pleasant. Okay. And that's right off of 94 and Highway 20. Racine area. Uh, yeah, you, mm-hmm. you really can't miss it. Uh, it's a it's a very large sign that we have out front. You can you can see it from the freeway. <laughs> yeah. uh, I wouldn't um, ask you to look too long. You're, you'll probably hit one of the barricades in, in, in the center because it's a little tight down there with construction. But, uh, but yeah, you can't really miss it if you're driving down Highway 20, uh, driving west on Highway 20. Just as you make the turn coming out of downtown Racine, you'll, that sign lights up. So. Coal Investment Group, of course, um, you know, some of the things that uh, they can do, translate your uh, goals into actionable steps, uh, build on your nest egg and consolidate your assets, uh, transition into life's next uh, stage and the way you've always envisioned it. So we'll talk about those things and more. A lot of things to talk about with both you guys today. So yep. uh, chime in on all these things. And I'm learning as, I, as we go along here, too, which is kind of a fun thing. But um, also, we should probably mention that Coal Investment Group, you guys win awards like crazy. The Barron's Awards, right? I mean, the top 1,200 financial awards. Yep. Advisors. Yeah, so the Barron's, um, uh, Financial Times, um, uh, what a Forbes. But, you, you know, the, the interesting thing about those awards is, is – 
you know, everybody in the office will tell you that's not why we do what we do. Right. Uh, it just so happens to be a byproduct of taking care of our clients and putting our clients' best interests first. Um, years ago when the business started with Jeff, um, you know, I don't, that's n- never what the first thing was that came to his mind. It was always taking care of our clients, put our clients' best interests first. And as a byproduct of that, 30-plus years later, uh, the awards are rolling in year after year. So it just shows that if we always put our clients' interests first, we take care of them. Um, the awards and recognition follow. They come along. Yeah, yep. that's, a, that's the thing they say. If you do something you enjoy every day, you'll never work a day of work in your life. Yep. So, you know, if you always do something you enjoy. So that's fantastic. So, again, uh, congratulations. Again, the uh, Barron's Top uh, 1200 Financial Award uh, winners uh, five years in a row, which is terrific. John, mm-hmm. uh, Aaron, I'm sorry. Tell me a little bit about yourself, Aaron Spitzner. Tell me a little bit about your background. Oh, the, the fun part of talking about ourselves, right? <laughs> Everybody likes to do that. Um, <laughs> ask me anything Ask me anything you want to know about me. I, I'm an expert. Yeah. <laughs> um, so a little bit about myself. Uh, I'll keep it brief. But I, uh, yeah, I started with Cobalt Investment Group a couple of years ago. Um, uh, made the transition. I was with um, uh, BMO Asset Management prior to that, was with them for about eight years, and again, was more than happy to make the transition over to a, a small family-oriented office. Um, like I mentioned, that takes care of their, their clients and puts their interests first. So uh, that was a couple of years ago, made that transition. Um, and I live in Waterford, so uh, hmm. a bit south of here. Um, but uh, that's why I mentioned kind of our, our new Mount Pleasant location, which is, is nice and convenient uh, in Racine County there. And uh, have a uh, Family-wise, uh, have a uh, seven-month-old at home and a two-and-a-half-year-old at home. So wow. the, the, it's busy once you walk in the door. It doesn't really <laughs> stop after work, but uh, it's all right. It's yeah, a lot of fun. You got a lot of. You seem like you're a high-energy guy, so that's good. You need that energy, right? Oh, <laughs> it, it, it doesn't last long. <laughs> it starts to wear on you over the day, but it's all right. But, but you uh, look forward to that at the end of the day, getting in that car and going home and seeing the family, right? I mean, that's uh, yeah. It. it, it it, you never know what comes out of a two and a half year old's mouth. That's I mean, right. It, it is very entertaining, <laughs> but it, you know she's she's very sweet, and it, it, it's a lot of positive things. But uh, sure. it, it it always catches you off guard. You never know what the heck is, is she's going to say next. So sure. it's always fun stuff. That's terrific, John. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, sure. So I uh, used to work with Mass Mutual uh, Insurance Company, and prior to that, I was uh, with Edward Jones. Um, basically, I've got about 15 years of experience in the financial sector, uh, mostly uh, banking, uh, mortgage origination. Uh, back in New Zealand, where I'm from, I um, uh, did a lot of construction loans. And uh, basically, what got me into this business is, you know, if I were to talk to someone who's interested in becoming a financial advisor, I would say you'd have to have a few qualities that make us all kind of unique. You'd have to be somewhat of a nerd. You have to be somewhat good with people. Uh, personally, I enjoy... I, I find someone's retirement situation, everyone's unique. Everyone's got a different approach to retirement. And I, to me, it's a jigsaw puzzle. How mm-hmm. do I make the pieces fit so that we can have a happy, successful retirement? And uh, a lot of that is is basically putting everything in place. And, and, and like it says on our website, you know, you've got to have a strategy. You can't wing retirement. This is something that you got to put a lot of thought and planning into and have a documented um, strategy and plan and a process for executing that plan. That's terrific, and uh, so many uh, so many things to know, and so much to keep up on all the time in your business, right? I mean, holy cow! I mean, if you watch nothing but the financial cable channels on TV, some days you wake up and you think, "Boy, I'm going to crawl my cocoon and not come out for a week until things get better." But it's just we always talk about it on the program, guys. News makes noise, right? I mean, do, you know, and also there's some maybe some financial and political ramifications. 
behind some of those stories too, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it just it just seems like sometimes it just seems like Donald Trump can't do anything right. <laughs> you know, I mean, you look at the numbers that are coming out and and the on the large grand scheme of things, things look pretty good, but boy, they put a spin on things and makes some days like the sky is falling, right? Oh, that's their expertise, right? Is that that negative news that that's what sells unfortunately and and that that falls in the place with the financial world and we saw that in the fourth quarter of last year uh, where, I mean, it was the numbers, like you mentioned, with local sales, with local retailers here. I mean, people were out and about. People were shopping, and, and you could see it, visually see. I'm, I'm sure you could see the streets were a little bit busy here yep. during the holidays. You bet. But then you're hearing these these numbers, these forecasts of, of we're heading into a, a recession. Um, and it was, even good news was bad news. I mean, it was they put the worst spin on it, but that's what they thought people wanted to hear. Yeah. But that's not what people wanted to hear during, especially during the holidays. Oh, sure, <laughs> sure. I mean, it was unbelievable, and and the numbers showed that things were strong. Unemployment's low. Um, people were spending money. Seventy percent of our economy is the consumer spending money, and if boy, if the consumer spending money, things must be okay. Sure. Um, but there was this negative spin that kept happening and happening until finally Christmas Eve was the worst of it. And since then, things that was kind of the, the bottom, and then since then things started to uh, to climb at least within the market. But that that taught us a big thing, right? Is the market is not the economy, right? And right. that's always the important thing to remember is that no matter what they're selling you on the news, uh, the market is not the economy. They're two different things. Aaron Spitzner is with us, and also John White from Kowal Investment Group, Kowalinvestmentgroup uh, uh, dot com, the Kowal the Kowal way to a couple places you can find a little more information about um, wh- how they do what they do. Let's talk about that uh, dreaded R word. It seems like every time we turn on the news or something like that, uh, such and such, and now is, is the country heading for a recession? What do you guys think? Both of you chime in. Are we headed for a recession? How are the fundamentals in the country? Do yeah. they look good? Do they look bad? What do you think? Yeah, you know, I like to define the terms of what a recession is. So basically it's two quarters of back-to-back negative GDP, Another way of looking at it is we get a market recession where the market is down 20% or more. Um, and, it's, and it's good to kind of have the expectation going forward. You, you can only look at historical returns. So mm-hmm. since 1926, the S&P 500 has averaged 9.8% per year over that entire period. Um, one of the worst decades actually was the 70s. Um, we had massive inflation. We had mortgage rates at 20%. Um, we had uh, basically the dollar losing a lot of value, went off the gold standard in 1971 when Nixon took us off that. Um, we had two recessions, 1973, 74. It was an awful decade. But a lot of people had these stuck to their, their plan would have come out well ahead getting into the 80s. Um, but there was many reasons to get out of the market back then. Um, so when we look at a correction, a correction is when the market drops 10%. Mm-hmm. That statistically happens once a year. A dip is when the market is down 5%, and that happens maybe four to five times a year. Um, so, you know, just looking at some some articles here, we like to uh, discuss First Trust. Um, you know, fourth quarter of last year, it was looking pretty bad. We are down 19% on the S&P, so we were pretty close to getting to that 20% number. And that, so, that, that was just in the fourth quarter, correct? Just in the fourth quarter. So that was down, I remember that was down 20%, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, so, so you said a correction is 10%? Correct. What would that have been? A super correction then, or I mean, what? I mean, I mean, yeah. the twenty percent people look at that, they're going, "Holy cow!" You know, yeah. The boy, the doomsayers really came out of the woodwork then, right? I mean, oh, the end is near. You know, mm-hmm. right? right? Yeah, and um, you know, there was a lot of things going on there. We had obviously, and we're still in the midst of this: the trade deal with China, right? 
We've got um, interest rates are slowly creeping up and people were talking about, getting really geeky here, but we're talking about an inverted yield curve right. where we see low interest rates being higher than long-term interest rates. That's typically a harbinger of a forthcoming recession. Um, but at the same time, you know, we're in a very low rate environment and things aren't as, as business as usual as the, you might think they might be. You know, the Federal Reserve looks at employment. Um, they want to make sure inflation is in check. That's their mandates, their dual mandates, everyone knows. And and so when we look at employment numbers, we're almost at full employment. Um, you know, yeah, we we had some headwinds last year, but fundamentally speaking, corporate profits are up. Um, like I said, um, pe- people are buying. You know, we talked about, um, you know, Christmas retail numbers are very strong. Um, and we continue to get reports. I mean, people have forgotten almost overnight, the Trump tax cuts. I mean, corporations are paying a 21% corporate tax rate now. What are they going to do with all the extra money? I hope they take those retained earnings and plow it right back into their company to to either either, um, build new products or do more research and development. Otherwise, they're passing that profit on as dividends to their shareholders. So, yeah, um, there's a lot of negative news out there and... And in the media, if it bleeds, it leads. Um, <laughs> it's true. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's no surprise that CNBC viewership goes up when things are really bad. Yeah. Um, but, I, I myself, yeah. Fall, I, I've fallen victim to that in the past where, you know, you get these big down days in the market and I find myself at my computer and I'm and I'm trying to get access to, to, to stream <laughs> CNBC online right, right, to yeah. see what's going on. Yeah. And then I watch it for a couple of days and I think to myself, what am I doing? Right. I'm doing the exact opposite of what i tell our clients, clients to, to do, do. Yeah, but here it. i am watching it and then i'm thinking to myself oh my gosh it, it, it's getting worse it's getting worse you know and then you start to second guess and you think you know maybe we should maybe you know is it time to have a conference and then but then you look at some of this information it, it, you know that the about the data and the data you know as it shows here in this first trust where's the recession article the data hasn't cooperated. Yeah. Um, and like John mentioned, there's there's a couple different things. Really, January showed a payroll increase of 304,000. Uh, that's the highest share of adults working since 2008. It's I mean, a mind-boggling number when you think about it, right? All the people that were working. Because if you look back to 2008, boy, I didn't know a lot of people that were looking for jobs back then, right? I yeah, mean, and it's, it, yeah, and you think about it and you go, 300,000 people came, in, came into the job force. I mean – where are these 300,000 people coming from? Because as, as, as far as I see, low unemployment right now. Yeah. Uh, everywhere you look, you see signs for hire, help right. wanted. Um, and then all of a sudden, 300,000 people are added to the to the workforce. Now, that 300,000 people, right, could be people that were previously unemployed, not looking. If they all of a sudden decide to be looking for work, now they're included in that workforce number. So um, those people kind of, that, that just shows you that people are getting off the couch and getting into the workforce, which is great. I mean, that's what we want to ha- have to, you know, have happen in the U.S. economy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other number that they look at is there's this ISM Manufacturing Index. Uh, this, this ISM Manufacturing Index, if this number, this index is above 50, that's good. We're expa- expansionary. If it's below 50, we're contracting. Um, so that index, Manufacturing Index, uh, had moved to 54.3 in December. Uh, now that had rebounded to fifty six point six for January, so we had a slight downtick in December, and mm-hmm. then it went up to fifty six point six for January. Um, so here the article goes on to say traditionally this measure needs to fall below or forty five or below to signal a U.S. recession. Uh, so we're not even close yeah. to that. So we look at the number of people in the job market, we look at this manufacturing index, and both of those items are good. And then to echo what John said with these tax incentives. Um, 
corporate tax rate dropped to twenty one percent from thirty five percent. And companies have really not. I mean, this is a long process to to bring some of their other operations from overseas to the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, and that process has just begun. So that'll only add to our gross domestic product as well. So so we're pretty optimistic when it comes to to the U.S. economy. You know, um, talking to Aaron Spitzner and also John White White with us here in the studio, guys. We hear about GDP and gross domestic product all the time. Can you nutshell that for us, both of you guys? Maybe put your heads together and kind of talk about what that is. Is it just how much we make in the economy versus how much we import or export? How, how does that work? I mean, what, what what do they teach you? How do you how do you learn what that is? Yeah, I mean, gross domestic product is basically all the stuff that we manufacture, okay, um, and all the services we provide, and we just put a, a dollar number on it, basically. Um, so if you look at GDP of countries, the United States is 25% of the world's GDP. Wow. Um, so fit- we still make a lot of things. Here. Oh, absolutely. Still in the a, number in, one economy. In a country of 300 million plus people versus China, which is 7 billion people, right? A lot of people there. We still make a lot of things here. Yeah. This could create a lot of things in this country, don't we? Right. China's second place. Japan's third place. Fifth place is, uh, last time I checked, was the state of California. Is that right? Yeah. Wow. wow. So that's incredible. kind of gives you a perspective on... Agriculture? Yeah, uh, and Silicon Valley. Silicon, oh, it's oh, true. Huge. Yeah, Silicon Valley. Yeah, where where right. does New Zealand fall? <laughs> uh, oh, my gosh. It's in the top 50. I doubt it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so it's it, gross domestic product just is really a, a economic activity within a country, you know, market values, prices, final goods, services produced by an economy during a certain amount of time, right? So they take a snapshot of that during a certain amount of time. Is it measured by quarters, by years, kind of? You just, I heard John, or Aaron, you were just talking about a quarter. So they must measure that GDP by quarters, right? So they get a better shot of not just one month at a time? Yeah, what we do is we look, it's looked at quarterly. So you're looking at that quarterly growth, but then they annualize the number as well. So you look at, okay, how have have we done for that full calendar year? Mm -hmm. And they're comparing it to other years as well. So um, another thing about the gross domestic product is I always like to go back to the U.S. economy. Um, China, a majority of their economy is based upon manufacturing um, and government expenditure. they want to be more like us and have more of their economy based upon consumption by the people. Uh, so right now, our gross domestic product, 70% of, of our gross domestic product, our GDP, is personal consumption, what we're, what we're spending our money on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as long as the consumer continues to be in, employed and if they start to get a pay raise, that's good for the economy because that's the biggest portion of that calculation. So that's why I always pay more attention to you know how the that unemployment number how the consumer is doing because that's ultimately going to be one of the largest driving factors into the growth of our economy kind of a side related question on that too you're seeing a generation of baby boomers 77 million baby boomers they're going to be starting to retire now we're seeing more and more of them in their 60s and saying okay it's just time to wrap it up is the new generation behind that the generation x or the millennial generation are they going to fill in the are they going to fill in the gap there, in your opinion, both you guys? Yeah, you know, the... Take a lot of those jobs. That, yeah, you know. yeah. so, I mean, I, I always think about this like Social Security. So when it first start, started, there was about nine workers for every person on Social Security. Today, it's going to be closer to two and a half workers. Don't know how you get a half, but we got two and a half workers for every person on Social Security. Yeah. Um, so there is that kind of demographic gap between the Gen Xers and the baby boomers. But when you look at the millennials, they're actually a bigger demographic than... The boomers, it's just that some of them aren't working yet still. So there, there's going to be a bit of a drag or a lag, I should say. Okay. Um, but you will find them coming in. 
But it's a different economy than the boomers got than what the millennials are getting. No you know? question. No it's question. just completely different. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, we we back in the day in the 60s, 70s and 80s was in industry industry industry, you know, right? I mean, a lot of lot of uh, you know, a lot of people walk through the big door to go to work versus going through the small door to go to work during the day. So a lot of in the factory back in those days and a lot of those jobs now are gone, made in other places and the people going into work and more of the tech side. Right. right. So, I, mean, I mean, a lot of people's office is in their house. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the Internet has changed a lot of that, too. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. It's really revolutionized the world. The Internet has really revolutionized the world. I, I marvel at it all the time every day of how it's revolutionized our world. I mean, all you got to do is go to the airport and sit at the airport and watch people on their mobile devices. And everyone's got a phone in their face. Right. I mean, Oh, yeah. Just... And if you can't get on the Internet, you get. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, the stress level goes <laughs> skyrockets. <laughs> I mean, it, it's unbelievable that how dependent everybody has become on it, but it's very, very efficient. So, so can we uh, also talk, there's another a great article that um, Brian Westbury at First Trust put out there, and it was 2008 Myth and Reality. Talked a little bit, um, while advisors seem to understand media, politicians, and many analysts don't or won't. So we thought we'd try again to explain why so many people uh, don't understand the value of a 10-year-long bull market in the stock market. Um, can we just you know, touch on that uh, very, very shortly and discuss that? Yeah, so here we are March 5th. I, I, re- I remember this uh, very vividly. March 9th of 2009 is when the S&P 500 hit its all-time low. It dropped to 666 points. Mm-hmm. Um, and today, of course, uh, let me just get the quick number for you. Um, so remember, 666 points, March 9th, 2009. That'd be like 28, right? Cool. Yeah, now we're at 2,789 points. Yeah. Um, so a, like a 300% increase. And so, you know, back then, of course, it was Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac who were really pushing subprime mortgage loans. Um, you know, a lot of people were putting the blame on Wall Street. You know, oh, Wall Street created this this mess that we're in. Um, all these subprime loans have gone bad because of all the speculation and everything else. But people have forgotten that, you know, the government kind of led the charge in this. They wanted Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac to underwrite these loans and yep. take them on their books. And of course, history is is done now, right? We know that uh, you know, the government drove the marketplace and Wall Street simply wouldn't be issuing bonds um, without Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac's voracious appetite. Um, and so, you know, we've come a long way since that bottom. And, and, and unfortunately, what's happened is a, a lot of younger people especially think that the government drives the marketplace. And it's far from it. You know, the, if you're a private investor, would you want to take on a subprime mortgage without being compensated with a, a very high interest rate for the risk that you're taking. If you've got mm-hmm. someone that's got questionable credit, that has no down payment on a property, in the private sector, you're not going to take that loan on. And so, you know, yeah, we've had this comeback in the economy and people think, oh, it's because of TARP. You know, all these banks got bailed out, the interest rates are low, the, you know, we have quantitative easing from the Federal Reserve. That's what spurred the economy on. But what's really going on here is after the economy backed off and we got that crash, we got the internet boom. I mean... There's a lot of technology out there. Like, just look at Amazon. I mean, mm-hmm. I remember watching a 60-minute article, a uh, news story, where this guy was laughing at an investor who was taking a very long position in Amazon. Mm. And he said, you really think that Amazon is going to beat Sears? And he was <laughs> laughing at him. Like, mm. this is back in the 90s. Yeah. Um, but there's a technological shift that happened after 2009 that spurred us on to where we are today. Yes, quantitative easing's helped. Yes, it's good that the banks got a bailout. It would have been pretty nasty had they not. But it was the free market that drove the economy forward, not these government interventions. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, quoting the article here, um, 
you know, it says, unfortunately, because there's so many Republicans uh, that back the U.S.-led version of history, many younger Americans have come to believe that free markets fail and governments can engineer growth. No wonder there are so many fine young thinkers who all seem to back socialism these days. After all, even Republican support uh, of government intervention, President George W. Bush defended TARP by saying that he had to violate free market principles in order to save the free market. Um, you know, it, it's, it's necessarily true that he had to bail out these banks. It was, it was, it was awful, but we don't want to create what's called that moral hazard mm-hmm. where, hey, it's okay to make bad business decisions. We'll just bail you out. There's no consequences for your actions. I don't think we're going to see that ever again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think you're on your own now. The government said we, we're, we're, we're going to do all, we've, all we can do, but from here on out, you're going to bear your own losses. And that's the way it should be. Um, if, if a business makes a bad decision, they should be responsible for that decision. You know, I can remember those days we owned radio stations out in Nebraska and Kansas, Colorado in that area. And I can remember driving from our town into Denver and out of nowhere, guys, this little town just appeared along I-76 out there heading into Denver, probably 20 miles outside of Denver. It just appeared. This community appeared out of nowhere. There was a Target and all these big box stores all of a sudden appeared out there. And the attitude was, and I stopped and talked to people about it, you know, boy, this community just came out of these little house, row houses came out of nowhere. And here's what happened is it was this all subprime stuff. And they said to the people, say, well, the attitude back in those days was, in the early 2000s was, if anybody that wants a home should own a home. I mean, if you really want a home, you should own a home. And that's not the way – I don't think that's the way the world works. I Maybe you guys think differently about that because there are some people that don't have the capability of servicing those notes and paying those mortgages off like other people do. And so this community just appeared out of nowhere. And I never forget, 2008, 2009, drove by that area all for sale signs in front of everything. Everything was shuttered up. Everything was all closed up. So – it just, you know, the free market took its place in there and the subprime hit at that time. And all those houses, people couldn't afford to pay them because the economy just went uh, in the wrong direction. But that was a real good lesson, like you talked about, like the subprime back at those time. In those days, people forget about those in 07 and 08, the subprime, right? I mean, that yeah. seems like far, far a long way in our rearview mirror. Yeah, I remember going to part of Madison, the east part of Madison back in 2009. And I remember going down the street and every single home was for sale. Yeah. It was just surreal. Every yeah. house had a for sale sign outside of it. Um, and of course, hopefully, you know, it certainly looks that way. The housing market has recovered quite steadily. Yep. Property values have, have risen, and I, I think that will continue. Um, rates have gone up a little bit for home borrowers, but still, I think that it always comes back to that question, should I own a home versus renting? Right. Um, and of course, with the millennials, they tend to move around a lot more than, than the boomers have. And so it's going to be an interesting trend going forward what happens there. That's the voice of John White. He is uh, sitting next to Aaron Spitzner in the studio here this morning. They're from Kowal Investment Group. And guys, give us a little information as we head to the break here of how to get in touch with you. And then after the break, we're going to talk a little bit about how you operate, your complimentary um, retirement review. We'll talk about that and a few other things. So contact information. Yeah, so the uh, the office phone number 262-522-4040. Again, 262-522-4040. Uh, and also, you could visit us, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show here, at thecowalway.com, and uh, you can schedule your uh, free retirement review, uh, again, by visiting us online. You can also access us uh, social media. Yeah, we've got, we're on LinkedIn. <laughs> we're on LinkedIn, and we're on Twitter. Um, our Twitter handle is at Kowal underscore invest. All right. Take a quick break. And after the break, we'll talk with uh, Aaron and John a little bit about Coal Investment Group, their complimentary retirement review, and also talk about who they serve. We'll be coming up in just a minute. 
on WTKM. Again, 262-522-4040 is how you get in touch with Kowal Investment Group. Back with more in just a minute. All right, loving that sunshine shining into the studio here this morning. Boy, it feels good to have that uh, have that sun. It kind of just brightens your mood a little bit here on these uh, winter days here as we uh, head into the uh, daylight savings time mode coming up on uh, Saturday night into Sunday. Don't forget to spring ahead, fall back in the spring ahead. Day's going to be getting a little bit longer as we head into the weekend. Speaking uh, this morning with the uh, crew here from Coal Investment Group, they've got uh, several locations uh, around the area, Waukesha, Port Washington, uh, also Madison, Middleton, and also um, Racine uh, location, Mount Pleasant, uh, Phoenix locations too. So they uh, are very well able to uh, serve you. And if you want to learn a little bit more about that, guys, uh, contact information and uh, places to find out uh, a little bit about Coal Investment Group and how they do business. How you do business, you can... Go to the website, right? Yeah. So, uh, again, thecoalway.com. You can always find us there. Uh, schedule your your free retirement review through our website. Just send a, a message there. and Heather will get you all set up with one of the advisors in the office. Also, again, reach, reach us at 262-522-4040 or on social media, Twitter, LinkedIn, and I believe Facebook. So they uh, send us, uh, uh, Heather sends us a lot of information. She is so good. She is so thorough on what she does. It's unbelievable in the office there. So she keeps us updated on uh, all the information on uh, uh, who's going to be on the show and uh, talking about that. So a big thank you to Heather for doing that. Let's talk a little bit, uh, if we can this morning, about ways you do business yep. and who you serve in this complimentary retirement review. So I'm coming in to see you for the first time. Aaron. Spitzner, nice to meet you. John White, nice to meet you. Uh, guys, good to see you. I've got uh, $750,000 to invest. Let's talk. Great great thing to cover here. A lot of, a lot of people come into the office, whether they, they might come in a little bit too late or you know, we always want you to come in too soon. You, you can never be soon enough to plan for your retirement. Um, but if you come into the office, we're going to have three meetings with you. Um, our first meeting is going to be our discovery meeting. So if I back up kind of in preparation for that discovery meeting, we'd ask that you complete a confidential financial questionnaire. That'll best prepare us for that meeting. That'll have everything from date of birth, how long you've been married, to uh, kids, if you're still working, investment assets, insurance, uh, social security estimates, what you think you need to spend in retirement. Um, and then at that first meeting, we're going to sit down and we're going to get to know each other a little bit better because we feel that in this industry, uh, what leads to the most success is, is being able to trust each other. Um, so we're going to, um, again, go through a discovery process, really, in which we ask our, our, our prospects, our clients to pepper off us with questions. You know, what do you want to know more about us? What do you want to know about our process? Um, we'll also kind of give you the the overview of how we function as a as retirement planners. Uh, so in doing so, we're, we're going to, you know, review all of our, our services. Uh, we're going to take a look at our team. And then we're also going to set the expectation for future meetings and what you can expect at our at our second meeting. And again, none of these meetings are going to cost anybody anything. Um, this is a, a free retirement review. This is what we advertise. So we're going to ask that you get into the office, uh, come prepared, and, and hopefully you're serious about it. And we're going to go through um, your financials uh, with you. And, and for some people, actually for most people, um, it's a process that they say is a pain. They don't like doing it, but once it's done, they're very happy that they went through everything. You know what else is like that, too? Doing a will. Yeah. Oh, oh. man. And, you know? and, and, and it's so simple, to be honest with you. Just step to the side, just a second here. Will, 
just what, what do you want to have happen to your stuff after you die? <laughs> that's pretty. Yeah. That's it. You yep. know, and people struggle with trying to figure that out. What do you want to happen to happen to your stuff after you die? Put it on paper. There's your will. Right. Yep. I'm sorry, but go no, ahead. No, no, yeah. and it, it's it's very. It's got to be part of it. It's too, very right? similar. I mean, a lot of people. It, it's a. It's one of those items that it, it, you mentioned. It's very easy to do once you, once you actually set a block of time to do it. It's just that we all get caught up in the day to day, and oh, I got this going on this weekend, or or this coming up after work, and and, and nobody wants to do it. But once they do it, yeah. I mean, it, it, you don't have to do it again. Sure, I mean, sure. I mean you, you have to review it, uh, but. It's not like you're looking at it every weekend, so yeah. it, you're just happy you're done with it. Yeah. And it's a similar process to meeting with one of the advisors in our office. Is, you know, we'll go through that discovery meeting. That's about an hour long. Okay. Uh, again, it's, it's, it's maybe, what, John, 15 minutes about us, uh, and then we spend the rest of the time on, on the client. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, I like to think about like a spotlight. So the spotlight's on me for the first 10 minutes. This is us. This is Cole. This is how we do things. And then I want to move the spotlight onto the client and uh, learn all about them. You know, as much as we can, because the more we the more we can gather about their unique situation, the more we can customize for the next appointment. Um, yeah, quick example: I got some some people right now. They're hoping to retire early in their mid fifties. They're going to have different requirements than someone that's retiring at sixty five. Mm-hmm. Um, we got to take into account health. You know, because um, you know when someone says, "John, when should I collect Social Security?" <laughs> well, if I know exactly when you're going to die, yeah. we can figure that out. Yeah. And so when we do these retirement plans, it is going to be customized to the person's individual circumstances. Um, and, you know, it's a tailored fit. That's what I like to think about. And, uh, you know, coming back to that whole doing it, you know, Benjamin Franklin once said an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Mm-hmm. And it's so true with, with retirement planning. Don't Don't wing it. Don't have a DIY approach to it. There's a lot of moving parts. Um, you want to get this right the first time. You don't want to have to retire twice. One of the things that I think would be the hardest part about it is the tax consequences because they change all the time, right? I mean, you guys got to be on top of that all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Knowing what's happening with taxes and if someone say they own own a business, they own a business and they're going to retire and they're going to hand that business either to their kids or they're going to hand that business to a manager and they're going to step aside, do whatever, I mean, there's tax consequences involved with almost everything you do in your business, right? Yeah, tax consequences, and then also how that taxable income can affect uh, Social Security taxation, yeah. how it can affect um, your Medicare premiums. Yeah. Um, and then if you if you have all of your money as pre-tax, so in your 401k, you don't have any Roth money, now you get into those RMD years. So once you turn 70 and a half, you now have to take money out of your IRAs. And guess what? If you got all of your money stashed away pre-tax... That RMD is pretty big. Yeah. So if yep. you have pension income, you have Social Security income, now you have this mandatory IRA income, well, you might find yourself square in a, a higher tax bracket that you've never been in before. Sure. Uh, so for a lot of people, it is managing the taxes. It's managing those Medicare premiums. It's managing Social Security taxation timing. So there's a lot of cash flow uh, income, really in distribution planning that we spend a lot of time doing. Um, and that actually is a good segue into our second meeting, which is our investment planning meeting. Okay, so now you just hang on. You Now you've gathered all the information yep. about my family. You know a lot about us. You know how old we are. You know what our, our situation is in life. You know what we want to do. If we want to go to live in Greece for six months out of the year, we want to go to New Zealand, we want to go wherever, Florida, wherever, Arizona, and live six months out of the year and do that. So now you know that all about. So you yep. got, a, got a good idea of what we want to do. Yep. And, and, and now what? Well, now we basically end that meeting and we'll, we'll set up a time to meet again in about two weeks. Um, and between that time frame, we're going to go back to, to really our desks and we're going to 
put together a plan or a proposal for you. Um, this is going to be in preparation for our, our second meeting. Uh, so again, it's at our second meeting. Uh, again, everything is still free. I mean, we're not charging you for any of this information. Um, but our second meeting is where we make some observations about your financial situation. We'll highlight and identify some strengths, things you're doing well. Uh, we'll also highlight weaknesses or concerns that we have about the financial or the current financial plan. Uh, we're not the type of planners where we're going to slide over a 500-page book over to you across the desk and say, okay, go to work. Uh, we know that's not effective, uh, so we create a checklist. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're checklist planners, really. Uh, we're going to assign a date to an item to get it done because we know if we put a date on it and we make it uh, a bullet point, it's more likely to get done. Uh, sure, sure. There's more of a sense of urgency. Uh, so, again, after those weaknesses or concerns, we'll have those recommendations and a timetable to go along with it. Um, we're also going to take a deeper dive into your cash flow. So, again, all that information we've collected from retirement assets to income, with that pension, Social Security, maybe you have a rental property that's kicking off some income. Uh, when do you want to sell that rental property? All that goes into the cash flow analysis, and we're going to look at, okay, this is what you have and this is what you want to spend. How long will your money last? Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're going to take really a, a good look at that and make sure we've covered everything when it comes to expenses because oftentimes then you'll hear, you know, you'll be looking at the expenses, say we're looking at, Six grand a month. We like to break it down into a monthly number, too, because it's really hard for people to take I mean, if I were to ask anybody, say, hey, what do you want to spend in retirement? I get a blank stare. I mean, right. nobody right. knows what they want to spend. So mm-hmm. oftentimes it has to be revised a couple times, but that's really what this cash flow is a foundation for. I mean, it, it's going to evolve along with the relationship. So we'll have the cash flow. We're going to basically look at a 5% rate of return, a 2.2%, I believe it's the 2.2% inflation rate, cost of living adjustment on Social Security. So all these external factors that most, I guess you'd kind of say like the DIYers um, may forget to implement in their own plan. Right. I mean, there's a lot of smaller new, I mean, if you if you say, hey, I'm going to spend $72,000 a year, but you don't inflate that number. Right. Huh, I mean, that could blow up your plan right there. Sure. Or some people look at it and say, hey, I'm going to, uh, on my investments, I think I can get 9% a year. Yeah. Well, you you might be able to get 9% a year, but let's let's not have the whole plan hinge upon you getting 9% a year. Right. Let's get conservative and go like with a 5% rate of return because we don't want your retirement to hinge up, you know, to be based upon what the market's doing on a day-to-day ba- yeah. basis or otherwise, it'll, you know, it'll drive you crazy. I think what a lot of people don't think about when they get into, into their 60s and start thinking about retirement, everyone thinks, well, how, how are you feeling? Well, I feel great. Then boom, stroke. Boom, yeah. heart attack, boom, whatever, you know, health issues come along. Do you take that into consideration too, John? Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, 37% of people actually retire early because they're forced to because of some sort of medical situation. They were laid off by their employer, some unexpected, unforeseen event that forced them into retirement. So you got that pre-retirement outcome, but then you've got, like you said, in the midst of retirement, things can go wrong. Let's yeah. just put it that way. Um, but you know, sometimes really wrong, really wrong. Exactly. And, and, you know, we'll factor that into the plan. And so another situation will factor in what if you retire and the market's down for the next two years, you know, how does that affect your outcome? Um, and it's a living, breathing document, your retirement plan. It's not something where, okay, we've done it. We'd never have to talk about it again. Um, we have some clients that come back and say, what if I want to go on a cruise for the next five years, every year, and each the cruise costs ten thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. Or what if I need to replace my vehicle every seven years, and each new vehicle or used vehicle costs X amount of dollars? We can factor all those changes into the plan, 
And so we're constantly chipping away at this thing. It starts off as a big lump of marble and hopefully ends up like the Statue of David where it's, it's looking good. And, you know, we're, we're, we're basically it's, – it's a never-ending process, though. It's never done. It's a living, breathing thing. Um, just like your life is changing constantly, the financial plan will change as, as needs change. That's uh, John White. Aaron Spitzner is also with us here, too, from Kowal Investment Group. Uh, the Kowal way is a way to get in touch, uh, 262-522-4040. Okay, so now we've had our observations. You've learned about myself. You've learned about the family. talked about the cash flow. Now what? So to wrap up that streamlined retirement process, I mean, that's what we're covering in that second meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, we're also going to take a look at your investments. I mean, those can't be ignored either, right? So so the cash flow is very important. The investments are just as important, really. So we're going to make sure that we're, we're going to plug all of your individual holdings uh, into our software system. We're going to make sure that you're being paid for the risk that you're taking. Mm-hmm. Also, that you're aware of the risk that you're taking in your portfolio. Uh, sometimes you'll... you'll put together this snapshot and, and, and you're in a presentation somebody's surprised by the either amount of stock exposure they have or don't have right um for most people they're they're in a 401k plan and hey maybe they're going by a recommendation that their friend told them about yeah, yeah. i mean or maybe they're limited by what they could get with their company yep right yeah, yep so oftentimes there, there may be higher fees associated with the plan i mean we look at a 401k and like to think that it's a you know they're offering very low cost investments and low administrative fees, but sometimes that's not the case. Um, so really pointing out the fees that somebody's paying, uh, the risk that they're taking in their portfolio, uh, taking a, a finer look at some of the underlying investments, um, and that that in itself is going to occupy a good amount of time. Um, so again, then we'll kind of wrap it all up and revisit those recommendations in the timetable. Now, um, Really, that that would conclude our second meeting. At, at that point in time, if somebody feels comfortable to working with us, um, we'd have some paperwork ready to go, open up new accounts, begin the, the, the process of transferring assets, and really, that's where the rubber meets the road. That's where we're really going to start the financial plan. That's where we really jump into things. So we brought all this to your attention. Now we really got to get going on it, and that's where you know the second meeting, we could sign paperwork then. Or if you need a little bit more time, I mean... We're not high-pressure people. Right. Uh, we get it. This is your life savings, um, and we want to make sure you're comfortable working with us. So we'll schedule a third meeting. That would be our mutual commitment meeting. And at that meeting, at that meeting, we'd answer any other questions that, questions that you would have about the process, um, the plan, maybe revise a couple things. Um, but that's where we'd, again, kind of mutually commit right to each other and uh, – and open accounts and, and, and transfer assets. I would want you also as part of that process when you're doing that. I'd, I'd like you to talk to my estate planning attorney to learn a little bit more about my estate, our estate. And I'd like you to also talk to my CPA. Is that possible? Do you do those kinds of things too along the line? Yep. That, that's our you know, menu of services, right, that we'd be um, providing to you at, at one of our first meetings, kind of talking about tax planning and estate planning okay. and, um, and that we would – consult with them uh, for different planning items. For example, I just had a client in yesterday. Accountant came us with a kind of a wild idea. I mean, it was it was something a little bit that I haven't heard of before, right? Um, and that's fine. I, I'm, I'm all about accountants that are forward-looking. Mm-hmm. Um, they're planners, not necessarily scorekeepers. I think that's excellent. They're probably working with somebody great. But I'm going to give them a call, right? And I'm going to consult with them on this and how it's going to impact the financial plan. Make sure we're on the same page, not just playing telephone through the client. Because oftentimes, right, if you hear something from your accountant, by the time you repeat it to the to the planner or the advisor, it could be something completely different. So, sure. so yeah, we're going to consult with the, the attorney or the accountant to make sure everything's in working order. 
take a quick break. After the break, we want to talk about, I um, mean, you've got all the information now. You've got a plan I'll put together. Now, how do we proceed from that point? We're talking with Aaron Spitzner and also John White from Cole Investment Group. Guys, going in the break, uh, contact information. People want to get in touch and get the ball rolling on this process. The uh, the uh, investment, uh, you work with folks mainly with uh, at or near retirement who have accumulated at least $750,000 in retirement. How do we get in touch with you? Yeah, so our phone number 262-522-4040. Uh, you can find us on the com on the internet. Uh, we've got Twitter at Kowal underscore invest and on LinkedIn also. All right. Take a quick break. We'll uh, wrap up our conversation with Aaron Spitzner and John White from Kowal Investment Group in just a minute on WTKM. Thanks for joining us this morning on the Open Line Pro. All right, our final minutes uh, here with folks from Kowal Investment Group. Aaron Spitzner's here and also uh, John White joining us here in the studio. Guys, uh, thanks for coming in today. So we talked a little bit about the discovery meeting. You got to know a little bit about my family and gathered some data. Then you had our initial planning meeting, uh, streamlined some of that process there. You've got some observations, figured out what it's going to take to live the lifestyle we want to live in retirement. Now we have uh, one more meeting coming up here. Tell us about that. Yeah, so that's called our mutual commitment meeting. That's where we're basically sitting down answering any other questions that, that you might have about our process and, and the decision-making process that we have. Um, and, and that's how it goes. You know, a lot of questions beget more questions. Um, but we want our clients to be educated on the rationale behind why we're doing what, – what's the why? Why are we doing this? What's the rationale behind it? Mm-hmm. Um, and then at that point um, – you're, you're signing on to become a client of Cowal Investment Group. So the assets move over. Uh, then we'll do an asset allocation where we're basically figuring out where we're going to put the money based on time horizon, risk tolerance, and all those other factors that we've considered. Uh, and once you become a client, then it's it, we're now into, you know, we're executing on the plan. You know, we might do Roth conversions. We might uh, look at your insurance. Maybe we'll do a long-term care review. And we're checking those things off the list that we had in the financial plan itself so, and, and like Aaron Spitzner was saying before, we put a time on it. We want to, we're holding both of us accountable, not just the advisors, but you, the client, to get these things done. Um, and, and we don't want to be talking about, oh, we're going to get a trust done someday. No, we, we want to get it done, yeah, <laughs> hopefully yeah. very soon. Um, and then at that point, um, once you are a client, you'll be emailed a weekly market update on what's going on out there in the marketplace. Um, we get a lot of clients enjoying that. Um, then we're into kind of maintenance mode. So we're, you know, weeding the garden as it would. So we're going to, like, for example, the reviews we're doing right now, one of our themes, we have themes that we do sometimes through our investment process and review process, beneficiaries. Let's make mm-hmm. sure they're up to date. Let's make sure nothing's changed. That's a great point. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, you sell assets and you forget to put it in your trust or your will or whatever. And that's a huge point, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. Grandkids wanna... come along and you might want to do something for them and sure. things change. So we want to make sure we're updated with, with beneficiaries. We'll review your investments. We'll, we'll talk about risk. We'll talk about the markets. We want to make sure that the way I kind of, I don't know, I like metaphors, but your portfolio should have a tune that is in symphony with you. You know, mm-hmm. there. so if you're someone that doesn't like a lot of risk, but you're in aggressive investments, your portfolio is not dancing to the tune that you want it to. Sure. So we want to make sure that we're in, in sync with that. Um, and a, a nice a nice touch that I really like, working for Kowal is we do a dictation of the meeting. So when we do a review meeting, we're going to do a dictation and you will get a, a letter in the mail summarizing everything we spoke about. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe we've missed something. Maybe there's something that got added that shouldn't be there, but you're going to get a summary of everything we spoke about. And I have a lot of clients tell me how much they enjoy getting that dictation because it refreshes their memory on what we spoke about. Because 
when the review is one hour long, you're not going to remember every little nuance that we talked about. But um, we're going to do that dictation to make sure that we're we're again that that accountability of holding everyone accountable to what we're doing and, it's, and the plan. It's kind of like when I go to the doctor. You know, I go to the doctor, I come home, my wife will ask me a question. I don't know. And all you heard was, see you in six months. Wish I would get a dictation from the doctor. I mean, they give you a nice printout now. It just tells me how much I weigh, which in the, I don't really want that laying around either. So, Yeah, or the meds, whatever like yeah. that. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a great point. But, yeah, so you do that. And then educational events, too. I know you guys, I hear from time to time that you guys do events, and you bring your customers all into one place and do events like that, and they can uh, stay up to date on changes, right? Right, right. We, we do educational events. We've got one coming up here on March 13th. It's an estate planning seminar. We've got 40 people so far attending wow, that, nice. which is great. Sure. Um, so we've got some attorneys that will be joining us for that event and, and talking about estate planning and the importance of it. Um, we'll do long-term care planning events. Um, other, uh, Maybe do one on Social Security every now and then. There's different topics. There's endless topics that mm-hmm. we can cover. Um, and some extra things we do uh, in December time, we do a Christmas movie. Um, I can't remember what we've got going on. Is it Frozen 2? Is you, one of them? You know, the thing about <laughs> Christmas movies, right, is we try to show movies that kids like sure and there's not really christmas movies for kids anymore Mm -hmm. i mean uh we kind of make a joke like the last christmas movie to really come out was like bad santa or something like that i mean and and he wouldn't want that one for the family everybody (laughs) likes elf but elf was i think elf came out in like 2003 or something like that i mean and people still watch it like it just came out yesterday right Uh, but again we, we rent out two theaters at the marcus majestic and we have a movie that we show for our clients um and it's a great way to get together um, and and see each other around the holidays. And we ask our clients to bring – basically, it's not just for clients. They can bring friends and family and things like that. It's just a great way to get together. And as we always talk, there's there's no speeches or anything like that, which is great. Nobody wants to hear about a, a financial advisor give a speech uh, before a Christmas movie. Yeah, and you know the thing is too is it's nothing wrong with having your clients all together talking about things. Yeah, what do you do? I own this business. Oh, what do you do? I own this business. Oh, you know, yep. and connections and stuff like that. Networking, right? Yep. Almost yep. a good chance for networking. Absolutely. Right? Yep. Fantastic. All right, guys, thanks for joining us uh, here today. We appreciate that. Uh, if you want to learn a little bit more about the uh, complimentary retirement review, the discovery meeting, the investment planning meeting, uh, individual planning meeting, also the mutual meeting, and, and all that, uh, get in touch. How do you do that? Yeah, 262-522-4040, thecoalway.com is our website address. And, of course, you can get us uh, on LinkedIn or Twitter is at coal underscore invest. Um, Love to hear from you. All right. Several locations out there, too. Bussy Road, uh, Aaron, and we talked about that. Port Washington, that's by appointment only, right? Yep. Madison, uh, Middleton area, also uh, Racine location there, too. So um, stop in and uh, talk with them a little bit, get a little bit more information about uh, how they do things. Uh, give them a call and uh, or jump on the website, too, the Kowal Way um, or Kowal Investment Group, too, right? Yep. Do that, too. So, guys, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Uh, right. Aaron Spitzner and uh, John White, let's do it again. Right. Sounds Thank great. Thank you. It's All right. fun. Sounds good. Appreciate it. All right. Yes, uh, Aaron and uh, John's visit today on WTKM is a paid presentation at Kowal Investment Group. The information and the opinions uh, expressed today are those of the advertiser, not of WTKM, its affiliates, management, or employees. Coming up on 11 o'clock here at WTKM. This is WTKM-FM Hartford, saluting Keck Furniture in Watertown, our local business of the day. WTKM.